You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 164 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here in Melbourne in my hotel room, sitting across from Gina Militia. I know. How good is this? We're in the same room together in your swanky, swanky hotel. I've just noticed, though, Valerie. Yes. Do you reckon they've done the bed properly? Because I think it just might look a bit crumpled. Oh. You know? Do you think? I don't... It's like someone's like, had a little nap on it beforehand. <laughs> and it's like I, saw, I checked in at the same time, not that I checked in, but I arrived at the same time that you were checking in. Yeah. You know, and... Because I had a go. <laughs> I had a go about where your room was. I know. Gina you didn't get a good enough view. I wasn't happy. <laughs> well, you need to overlook the street. Not okay. the middle of the thing, you know. I don't even look out I the window. I didn't like her attitude. Okay. <laughs> Gina didn't like the attitude of the reception I didn't lady. I like the attitude. Uh, but... Yeah, I think the hotel room is fine. Yeah. I only really come and sleep in it. I could not sleep in the room because you're looking at a wall, Val. I need to see something. It's not. Look out. There's, there's office buildings. You can look, in, look, well, can look into yeah, people's. All those people are going to be watching you sleep, Val, tonight. Sorry if I didn't want to freak you out. <laughs> you have to be thinking about that. And, there are uh, blinds. I know. Sorry. We are a couple of champagnes. Yes. Yeah, so. It's like, you know how we, uh, and, and, and the other thing, that's, mm-hmm. uh, is that the sound? of good glass that's no. like pretty it's that's like, like that's like um, it's not plastic like mcdonald's glass. <laughs> it's not plastic but it's not exactly glass it's so true oh you'd expect a little bit more Valerie, from the western but it is a very oh sorry no it's usually it's usually a very lovely hotel uh but it, look it's great to be here i only just flew in and we decided to get bubbles. Yep. Gina brought the champagne along. Yep. So we've got it here sitting in an ice bucket. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear the ice? Yes. I don't know if you can hear the ice. So we've had a couple and to warm up just yep. to get the uh, the vocal cords, uh, yes, yes. you know, not nice and loose, Val. Definitely. So uh, that we can podcast. Podcast yes. and say good stuff. Absolutely. Say <laughs> good stuff. So we want to give a shout out to somebody who has called themselves British Transplant in Florida. I love how international our listeners are. Yes. We've got a British person who's actually in Florida mm-hmm. and British Transplant in Florida has left us a review on iTunes and has headlined it. How did I survive before finding this podcast? Love it. <laughs> love a, it. That's a good headline. Yeah, good headline. So they've said... I have been hooked since the first few minutes of listening to this podcast. Having binge listened for the past couple of months, I'm almost up to date and already concerned about my imminent withdrawal (laughs) symptoms since I will soon have to wait for new episodes. Gina, Valerie and frequent guest star Gary. (laughs) I miss him now. You should have brought him. Oh, Gaza, you could have 
smucky me have helped me to rediscover my love for photography, which had been on the back burner for a while. Oh, wow, that makes me so so happy. Valerie must be a mind reader, as she somehow manages to ask Gina the exact questions that I need to know at precisely the right time. That's my secret, my superpower, mind reader. Gina's generosity with sharing information that she has learned the hard uh, way for us over the course of a career has saved me from so many potential disastrous situations that I'm already forever grateful. Gina describes complex information in such a unique and easy way for uh, way to understand um, way to understand way. Oh, I'm, it's me getting that wrong. Sorry, yeah. I've had a few champagnes. Yeah, it's, I can yeah. see I've had some vowels. bubbles. <laughs> that it takes the mystery out of concepts that I had always thought were extremely complicated in the past. That's right. I love the way Jenny explains stuff because I learned so much that way as well. The show notes that accompany each episode are synced, easy to follow, and are brilliant recaps of the episode. No longer can I walk by a jar of Nutella <laughs> without thinking about Gina and my. Stereotypical definition of a cat lady <laughs> has dramatically changed since listening to Valerie gush about her devotion to Rexy and on occasion Rocky. Oh, on occasion, oh yeah, because you favour Rexy. <laughs> Please oh. don't ever stop creating new episodes or underestimate how funny the episodes are that involve champagne. Oh my god! Oh. This is dedicated to you. Dedicated to you. Absolutely dedicated to you. British transplant in in Florida. Florida. Thank you so much. That's so awesome. So dedicated to you. What a great review. Thank you. And Rex Rocky and And, Gary. And and the pets get a mention. Yeah. that We love you. We love you. That was awesome. We love you. you. Connect with us on Facebook and tell us who you are, Mm. British transplant in Florida, because we love you. We need to meet you now. We love you. We want to connect for sure. All right. So thank you so much. And if you guys, if anyone else does have um, 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd be really grateful because it certainly helps us in the rankings. Now, Gina, as I drove uh, from my home to the airport today Uh in Sydney before I got here, actually a massive, we're talking massive, spider ran across the windscreen. Inside or inside? inside no, it outside. was outside. I have had it happen to me on the inside and I was literally about to get in the car and drive a long distance and I had to be late to my next thing. Anyway, it was on the outside. Yeah. But then it crawled into the um, the side mirror. Oh, yeah, yeah. And my partner said, oh, that's where he lives. That's where he lives. Yeah, so yeah. He, it, but we were so, travelling along. Yeah. So he lives in the side yeah. mirror. But that it's weird because as I've walked in here, you've uh-huh. shown me this link. Yes. Tell me about it. So, and I'll just keep drinking. Um, did you know that spiders uh, have paws? <laughs> you mean like Rexy and Rocky? Yeah, like animals. So mm. there's a... Uh, really? A blog post that I saw on uh, Board Panda that caught my eye, and you know how I talk about make the ordinary look extraordinary. Yes, is what a good photographer does, or photograph something because you love it or you're passionate about it. This is an example of that. So here, macro photography of spider's legs mm. taken so close that they look like they're the 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 paws of an animal like a dog or a cat yes, or a, yes. they they you know and so i mean do you 
so be honest here. Yeah. If you have a spider in the house, mm. will you catch it and set it free? Um, no, I just leave it actually. I leave it. I'm fortunate yeah. in that I don't have a phobia about yeah. spiders. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I, but I know people who if freak out. A spider in the house, freak out a whole can of. Yeah. You know, I have always thought this is how I think when I see a spider that that's the baby. <laughs> no matter how big it is, and if I was to harm the baby in any way, uh-huh. then the mother boom, 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 is going to come after me. That is my nightmare. So mm-hmm. ever since I was very little and there's been a spider in the house, what I do is I get a glass yes. and put it over the spider and then get a piece of paper and slide it. Mm-hmm. between the glass and the wall and then take the spider outside and relocate it. But if you've taken the spider outside and it's the baby and the mum was inside the house, wouldn't it be separated well, from I'm the mum? I'm just kind of thinking, hoping that they'll call each other and they'll <laughs> all relocate, you know, because I've got the possums in the roof still. Yeah, the mouse, the family of mice that live under the bin yep. in the kitchen. Right, yep. and they're all very cute and getting fatter and fatter, even though we've locked them out. So you know, but back to these yes. beautiful, extraordinary images yeah. that will make you completely rethink spiders. How you feel about spiders and macro photography? I have never thought I would say this about a spider's legs. They're beautiful. Yeah, Don't it's extraordinary. Aren't they, aren't they gorgeous images? So we'll put the link in the show notes, and you can find the show notes, of course, at GinaMilitia.com. But this is these are great shots, and they are, you know, because with macro photography, I don't know, I always think of flowers, and I think I think of flowers because that's the icon that's often used on the camera, right? Mm. Uh but of course, macro, macro, <laughs> macro photography. It should be a spider leg. It should be a spider leg. <laughs> change it now to a paw, and you go, oh yeah, but it's not a paw. It's like if you're in the know, you realise that it's not actually a cat paw, or a dog paw. No, it's a spider paw. It's a spider That's paw. That's what macro is. Yeah, totally. Well, I don't know whether I will be doing much macro photography on spiders' legs, but if any of you guys out there are doing that ping us please or show us in the facebook group like that upload your photo detail, please in your fa- upload the photo in the facebook group and ta- i'm already going to declare that hashtag gina challenge um is hashtag spider for, for this section of the okay the for podcast. this section of the podcast it's a, it's a, a sub yeah yeah su- sub hashtag, sub no, hashtag. No, it's hashtag val challenge Oh, okay. Hashtag Val right. challenge. Oh, is going to hijack that Val. Okay, hashtag, that's fair enough. Is hashtag spider. You get bowl with some champagne. <laughs> <laughs> have you eaten today? No, I have not eaten. This has gone straight to my head. It's probably not, not a good idea, is it? And it's, it's, oh, my seriously, God, it's, I'm already polaxed. It's 8.30 yeah, know, at night so and I have not eaten. We've got to go quick because okay. the restaurant's going to close, Val. Oh, yeah, okay. So... Um, if anyone out there is taking photos of spiders, because yes. that's what you like to do for some reason, we, do we a hashtag would love Spider to know. Man. Doesn't that no, sound that's cooler? sexist. Spider person. Spider person. <laughs> Just spider, spider is enough. Okay, okay. non-gender specific. Spider, spider is enough. Anyway, so for all of our listeners, if you want to join the Facebook group, it's free to join. We'd love to see you in there. Just search for so you want to be a photographer podcast community and request to join we'd love to have you in there 
How do you creep up on a spider like that with a macro lens? Because you've got to be so close. Yes. I want to know. I want to know. I, I actually, should I find a spider photographer and interview them? If you can find a spider photographer. If anyone knows totally. a spider photographer, yeah. they can just um, ping us on social media. Yep. Just let us know some names. If For you sure. are a spider photographer and want to come on the show let and us talk know. about photographing spider paws, yep. I'm fascinated, truly. Yep. yep, absolutely. And I will still be fascinated tomorrow, I promise. <laughs> even when the champagne has when worn it, off. Even when I'm sober, I'll still be fascinated. All right, so this week's topic is how to start a headshot business. I really love this topic because it is so, it is such an achievable thing. Headshots are required by so many, uh, uh, there are obvious things that, uh, you know, actors need headshots and stuff like that. But in this day and age where we've got so many people needing websites and, and, and that sort of thing, headshots are required by businesses way more than they used to be, you know, even 15 years ago. So there's quite a lucrative market in headshot photography, even if you just concentrate in the world of business. And I'm saying that because one of the reasons I'm here in Melbourne is that tomorrow I'm running a seminar for business owners on how to build their profile. And one of the things I talk about is the kind of the right kind of headshot that they need for their website or for other purposes that they will use the headshot for because everyone needs a headshot for social media these days. Mm. And if you're just doing social media for fun, that's fine. You can just take your own snap. But if you're representing yourself as a business, you probably want a half decent shot. And so uh, there are so many more um, photographers who are specialising in headshots, not just for actors, but for yeah. um, other, you know, other people who need headshots as well. So, Gina, where do we start on this one? How to start a headshot business? And I'm going to drink more champagne. Um, my, mine's um empty too, Val. Yeah. So I'm talking like you know, that's a hint. That, that, that's a hint. That so you can hear. Oops. You can hear. Here's the ice bucket. Yeah. And here's the champagne. Yeah. And uh, I am going to pour Gina, pour Gina's um, glass. Oh, Gina, by the way. Whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, shit. Whoa. Oh, no. That's oh. Right. You heard a pour. Yeah, all right, I don't know. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, sorry. The bubbles went crazy. Gina, actually. What? Did- um, so on the plane, just aside, this is an aside, on the plane I'm, I started this book, I've almost finished it actually, because, um, it's called oh. All the Burning Bridges by Steve Bisley and I am um, almost finished because I am interviewing Steve Bisley next week. Um, Australian actor, amazing Australian, Australian actor. actor. Yeah, he was he played Goose in the original Mad Max, co-starring with Mel Gibson. Yeah. And for Australians, you'll know that he was on Water Rats. He's currently amazing. in Doctor Doctor. Have you ever shot Steve? Uh, probably. Yeah, because yeah. the thing is, they all just like people to you, aren't yeah. they? You don't yeah. remember They're necessarily. Okay, anyway, oh. we'll just move on. <laughs> I know you shot his co-stars. Yeah. Yes, yes, anyway. Um, so headshots. Yeah, headshots, sorry. 
so those of you who know my story know that um, my break into the photography industry came by photographing headshots of actors and models. That's how I got my foot in the door. Um, I think a lot of cha has changed in the industry because back then when I was um, trying to break into the industry, headshots were reserved for accountants. Headshots? <laughs> accountants headshots. <laughs> Why? They did. Lawyers. It was accountants, lawyers, actors, uh, and models. Uh, and back then, uh, it was the business, the way that people conducted business was mm -hmm. very, a lot more formal than it is today. In fact, it was incredibly formal. So headshots reflected uh, that, that nature of how business was done. So headshots yes. looked very formal. So if you look at a headshot from, say, 15 years ago, yep. 10 years ago even, yep. uh, and even some today that are still taken in that same vein, you'll notice that it's plain background, mm. very... Uh, school photo, like school like photos. Like a school photo, very mm. uh, sort of formal pose, mm -hmm. uh, no emotion and, and certainly no personality showing through. What's changed now in the way we do business is mm. business is far more relaxed. You know, people, a lot more people are working from uh, home offices or yep. mobile offices or and, and the way that we do business is completely different to how it was, say, 10 years ago. So mm. you see that in headshots now that it's really important that you show the personality of the person that you're photographing yeah. because a headshot is... A photo of someone that they use as a promotion it's, it's a way of saying hello this is me in lieu of meeting that person yes that actually without the introduction mm. so often the headshot and this I think is what a lot of photographers need to remember as their pitch when they're pitching to someone about the importance of a good and professional headshot, mm. not as you've told us before in the past, Valerie, where you've seen uh, when you were an editor, people would send you headshots, which would be half of their wedding photo. Yes. Which was probably the one and only time they had professional headshots done or... Professional hair and makeup. Uh, yeah. Mm. Or the selfie, which is a bit of a duck face. That's not a headshot. That's not... Or the one that I got sent... Um, when I uh, was writing an article for the Sydney Morning Herald in the Age, and I said, "Oh, can you?" And I interviewed somebody, and he sent me his headshot. Mm. But what he'd done is he's cro he's cropped a photo that he took on holidays in Bali, where he had no shirt, so he just looked naked. Yeah, and so it's a good idea that if you're running a business and you want to be perceived as a professional, you probably shouldn't use your Tinder profile <laughs> pic as the headshot that you use as your business. Like just Keep them separate and yeah. just as an aside, if you have a Tinder profile, don't pose in front of your car. Don't pose in front of your car. God, I hate that photo. Why do guys do that? Because they love their cars. Oh, no, stop it. So I actually believe that there is a, like, you can you can specialise as a headshot photographer. So I think it's really important to understand the market and really super important to research the market that you're getting into. So understand everything there is to know about the type of headshots that are being used for the for the kind of market that you want to enter. So do you want to do 
business headshots, mm. okay? Understand the business because there's different kinds of businesses. You could be trying to photograph um, businesses that are more formal like doctors, lawyers, accountants, okay? So I think the style of headshot that you're going to shoot for them is going to require a slightly more formal and structured way of doing it. As, as opposed to, say, photographing an artist yes. or artists where it's okay to be a bit more casual and sort of uh, soften the look. Yeah. And, and then again, you know, actors, it could be anything. And also models, again, you're going to be doing a different style of headshot. Knowing all of this is mm. critical. So first step, step to one. starting a headshot business is know your market. And right, spend yes. a lot of time researching, looking at like if you're going to do business headshots, if you think, and stick to a market that you kind of understand already. Like yeah. it's pointless. Say, for me as a, a 20 year old starting out in the industry, going into as an as a like a, a, a an art graduate right yep, which was a while ago a long time long <laughs> long time ago kiddies Nana's gonna tell you some stories now. um for me uh doing business headshots such a foreign world to me right at the time like at the time yeah now no problems yeah then um couldn't like couldn't relate so I actually eased myself into industries that I had experience with because as an assistant I'd worked in these areas and I really understood uh, fashion headshots mm-hmm. and actors headshots because I could relate I was a creative as well and yeah. I just knew what they needed so that was really easy for me and I also spent most of my um, uh, teenage years reading glossy magazines yeah so I'd seen all these headshots so it was part of my psyche valve so yes. Uh, start with an area that you're familiar with. Make it easy on yourself. It's pointless going into, like, you know, medical headshots if you've never, you know, you're not comfortable in that, that area. But you can always move up. I've photographed doctors now and surgeons yeah. and he- he- CEOs and no problem. But to start with, make it easy on yourself. So do the research. Mm. Work out... Uh, the, the the kind of areas that you want to work in that you're so you could be and I know many um, people who have transitioned from a corporate career into a photography career and they may be ex accountants yes right yes and they just and they use all the connections that they had in their accounting firm yes to uh, do do headshots for accountants for accountants that's exactly because right because they understand accountants yes and this is like how you can leverage your um, uh, ex- experience that you already have and the network that you already have to branch out into un- other industries so if you're that's already exactly in right. an existing industry then you use that to your favour because you already understand the dress code yep. and uh, what what's kosher and what's not in terms of like w- the locations and the background and you've got access to people that you can build your folio yeah. with. So it's, know your market. It's like I was talking to a lawyer who was um, changing careers and she was so 
sick of law that she just wanted to have nothing to do with it. Um, and, but I said, you know, that is actually your first market because that's your first port of call. Yeah. So it's the same that I used to be an accountant, but now I've done so many writing jobs and storytelling jobs with some of the big accounting firms because yeah. I understand that market. So even if you're wanting to transition careers or you want to have a separation between your day job and your, um, you know, your hobby and, and what you hope to maybe turn into a professional career, don't put the line of demarcation so strongly that you completely ignore the fact that you actually have this incredible network uh, in an industry that could potentially benefit from your new expertise. Great. I used to be an accountant. Did not. I did. When? Well, so by used to be an accountant, <laughs> I actually enrolled in the Bachelor of Accounting. Okay, right? and then what happened? Why have you not told me this before? Don't you know this story? No. Okay, so when I enrolled for I enrolled for a Bachelor of Education yes. because I realised, well, at the time, all my um, uh, teachers said, look, you can't make a living being an artist. Right. You're starving in Garrett. Yes, right? yes, yes. I didn't even know what a garret was. I had to look it up. I looked it up. I worked it up. I'm like, oh, I don't want to starve in a garret. It's a small attic, if anyone doesn't know. And um, so I thought, well, instead of being an artist, I'll be a teacher. Mm -hmm. And then that didn't sit well either. So I thought, okay, Mm -hmm. I'll cover all my bases here. I'll do a double degree. Okay. So I enrolled in... Uh, a Bachelor of Accounting, mm-hmm. and I enrolled in a Bachelor of Education, majoring in art and craft. Right. And I went to the uh, whatever the first week was. Orientation or, yeah, week. Orientation week. And I looked around, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think these are my people. The accounting people. No. And no offence to anyone who's an accountant, you know. Or to me. Yeah, or to you, Valerie. And I just like, I thought, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is a very good idea. And so I dropped out. But so technically, Um, Valerie, I, I was an accountant for about. No, technically you're an accounting student. I was an accountant for like three student. hours. But it was the intention was there. Valerie. Okay. Imagine me, like how creative I would have been. As oh an accountant. my god! Can you imagine? No. God help us. <laughs> god help us. All right. Back into how to start a headshot business. Once you decide um, what kind of headshots you, what kind of industry or what kind of headshots you want to take, what yep. happens then? So. You want to think about. Um, sorry, sorry to disturb your oh, sorry, drinking of, can you keep of your champagne. Um, feels she needs I to just, get just more lubricated. Meanwhile, to, I'm um, pouring. Oh shit! I've got water. On. Oops, sorry. What? Um, I'm pouring my glass. Oh, I said it quietly. Oh no, it's tipping over again. You would never ever hear me swear. Okay. Are you going to take an Uber home? I didn't. Um, Hope you're not driving. Even though Valerie went to a really posh school, like really posh school where they did elocution lessons. Don't whisper. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Why? Because they're listening to me. Because I don't want you to hear. I'm talking about you. I can hear you. You're, what, you're two feet away from me. I can't really whisper. <laughs> so, uh, gear. You want to mm. think about. When you're working out the type of gear you're going to need and the basics, it's something that you can ease into and it's something that you can start the business. It's like a lot of people say, okay, I want to do this. The first thing I need to do is have all my ducks lined up. 
right? I've got yes. to have my clients. I've got to mm-hmm. have a studio built, the, you know, everything. No, you can do it in stages and you can Big do Big fan it, of that. You can, yes. And so the, the, the trick is here to just start and uh, get all the mistakes out of the way early and just yeah. work it out as you go along. So in terms of gear, you need the very basics, a camera, mm-hmm. and you don't need the latest and greatest and most amazing full-frame sensor camera. No. Crop, crop sensor, fine, perfect. So entry-level camera will do the job, yeah. as will a um, entry-level lens, no problem. You... That's that's it. You could start a headshot business with that. Yeah. If you want to then go kind of next level, you could add something like a bounce board or a reflector. Yep, yep. All right. Which that's is going to help not you. expensive. Not expensive at all. So you and you could buy all this gear secondhand. Yes. You could also do what I did and you borrow your brother's. And you never get back to him. <laughs> but having said that, um, I did then give my nephew a camera. Oh, so the you other felt day. like it was. I, I felt it's... so guilty about it. It's been, you know, because he never smoked on the never It's been 30 anything. years. It's been 30 years since I borrowed that camera and never gave it back. But I gave my nephew a, another camera which was, you know, slightly better than that and he's got that. It's a film camera and he's into photography now, which is really cool. So oh, that's on great. So name, well, hopefully. Wow. Um, so you just need the very basics. And in terms of lighting, the way I started my headshot business is I had no clue about lighting, very complicated. So I started with daylight and I believe Mm. that um, every photographer when they're starting out, there's a real thing now because there's so much great information out there and it's so accessible that everyone wants to run before they're even walking or crawling. So because you know or you can access how to do uh, a five light uh, <laughs> setup with a beauty light, fill light, backdrop, and all of that, then that's how you should be lighting your headshots. But it's actually a lot easier and you're, you're, you will evolve as a photographer a lot faster if you just slow that down. And I think it's so important, and this is what um, this is the way that I've been teaching the um, the photographers that I'm working with in the gold community, mm. Val, it's like I'm the, like they're all gung ho about like we're going to do light. I'm like yeah. let's back up again and let's yeah. just really, if you can see light as a photographer, you can do anything. So yeah. I think the first thing, most crucial is, um, and I know um, people do bag natural light photographers a bit as like it's yeah. a cop out, but I think it's really important that you learn how to light with available light. So. I would start out doing headshots using available light and like you know there's beautiful light if you, you can look back in um, the archives where I talk about using shooting with garage light yes um, and you can use Did uh, that today open open shade but there are lots of lighting techniques and this is not a show about techniques otherwise it'd go for four hours mm. but I just want to give you the basis basics of what you need to do so um, understand start out with natural lighting when you feel that you've nailed that then introduce your, your first flash and mm. then you've got options you've always got options so if the light turns kaka 
you can bring in a, uh, a bit of fill light and you can basically shoot anywhere with one light. Yep. And that's all you need. So you want to have a very basic setup. The trick is when you're doing headshots, you need to be able to set up, work quickly and work anywhere. So you want you don't want to be lugging 50 bags to every location because you're going to get sick of it really quickly. You want something that fits into uh, one bag that you can roll behind you and a tripod and that's it. Because you might go, say, to, um, you know, someone we know, Cheryl, she was mm. uh, asked to photograph, I don't know, like 100 people or something all at a major bank in Melbourne. And you, when you turn up at this bank, you're, you're just given whatever room you're given, Yeah, you know, and you have to make the most of it. And obviously you can request, hey, a room with a window or yeah. that sort of thing potentially. Yeah. But you need you need to be able to just take the ball and run with it. Exactly, mm. exactly. So, um, A, knowing how to work with available light is a skill, but A, also knowing how to use artificial lighting is essential. So really knowing your craft and this is something that you can work on as you go. So you're building the business, you're shooting available light headshots only, but maybe after you think you've nailed the shot, yep. this is the time that, you know, okay, I've got the shot, I've got a really good natural light, I'm going to try something else. At the end of the shoot, when you've already got something for your client, you might bring out your flash and try a bit of fill flash. It might look hideous, it might look amazing, but it's worth experimenting as you go. So they're the basic... Um, Walk, then run. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, crawl. Yeah, first. crawl. Yeah, crawl. Commando crawl on your tummy <laughs> or just do yes. it on your bottom, you know, the, the babies that just <laughs> drag themselves across or dogs that do that as well, you know, <laughs> for different reasons. Yes, Google um, does that all the you time. You know, <laughs> and basic lighting as well, there is a lot you can do with Scrim, which is a diffuser. So if you're yes. working in, um, you know, midday sun uh, and you don't have mm-hmm. it anywhere to uh, anywhere that's shaded to work with your mind. This is very hard to do with champagne, Val. I know like, it's, it's hard, but hard. it's okay. It's, like, it's almost like I can feel my brain <laughs> thinking. You know when you – I can actually hear myself. I should have eaten. I know. Not, this is dangerous. The only reason we haven't like eaten everyone. So <laughs> the only reason – well, the, not the only reason. We could have eaten before, but we are going to eat soon and the reason we need to go eat soon and eat here is we get this two for one deal two for one <laughs> so we I really want to get ship, so I'm gonna, the two, like, for use it. two for one and try and get your room upgraded Val <laughs> so hang on I want to talk about scrim because the thing with scrim is that some people think that you need these special um, poles that you put together, this special sheet that you put over the poles and this fancy scrim that you see in, you know, television and movie sets and stuff. But a scrim can be anything, right? Yeah. Well, Just, it's got to well, it, well, it's it, got to be it it's got to allow light, but and it's also got to be the right color valve. So you don't want to have like okay. green. No. You know that green shade cloth? <laughs> Not good scrim because... Okay, it, no, you it, don't it, want green. Okay, All right, so, so fine. you want a colour neutral yes. uh, scrim. So you don't, what I'm saying, you don't need a fancy no, it could be a, professional like, scrim. We could steal the sheets from the uh, room here. <laughs> Which we the, have done before. You've named this room in the podcast. You've named the hotel. 
Uh-huh. So now they're going to be checking your bags as you check out, Belle, <laughs> to see if you've stolen sheets. We borrowed no, sheets. No, we just used sheet. the sheets. We've used the sheets. Yeah. So you could use sheets, uh, a shower, shower curtains Jacket, often yeah. make uh, yeah. good screen. You can buy um, sort of translucent material that you can use as screen or really cheap. The five-in-one reflector and diffuser kit that you get, so silver, gold, black, white. Yes, yes. And in the centre, it's got the uh, scrim board, which is just like a diffuser. Yes. It's perfect for headshots. So you place that over the head and there are podcasts in the archive that that, that, that talk about is specifically uh, those lighting styles and how to get the, the best lighting. So um, yep. look them up if you haven't seen them yet. So you want that's basic lighting, uh, a bounce board and scrim. And honestly, I, you can you can achieve images that look like they were shot in a studio using daylight. So you can get really yes. high quality headshots if you know what you're doing. The problem with relying on that is it'll get you so far, but if you want to go next level, you want to be able to master light because once you once you can bring in artificial lighting, you can shoot anywhere. And what you want to do is you want to work out portable, quick lighting setups that you can set up quickly, hassle-free, anywhere so they've got to be light yes. portable and really that's a matter of you know doing your um drills and knowing how to set light anywhere and i just uh, actually had uh one of the photographers that i'm working with in the goal community contact me mm. and say that like um after working with me it's like i asked him a question a little while back how would you how would you like, where would you work in this location? Yes. And he said he drew a blank. He said right. now, yeah. he said with great confidence yes. that he can rock up to any location yes. and he knows he can he can nail it. He awesome. Knows the light, which made me Love feel that. amazing. Love and that. He, and and the, for, for him to be able to do that and have the confidence to turn up anywhere and know that yeah. you, you, you can work out this location, fantastic. So um, the way Love that it. you can do that is to... Just practice, and I've, I've said this before. Whenever you go to a new location that you've never been to before, think about how would I shoot this? What would my background be? Where's the good light here? And just practice everywhere you go. And this can be while you're at work, sitting in a boring meeting. Don't listen to what they're talking about. <laughs> work out, have a look at the catch lights of the person that's yes. talking. And, um, you know, when you're in a restaurant or everywhere, mm. look at the light. And it takes a while it's something that it is learned it's not it's not something that just comes naturally seeing light is difficult it takes a while but when it clicks in it's there you've got it forever so that's something that you want to be looking at definitely can i just share my little hack which i learned from you um so i had to shoot someone uh in a hotel room but uh the actual hotel room well it was my hotel room and it was really messy so and i couldn't be bothered tidying up so we went onto the balcony yeah but it was very very um it was like midday you know it was very yeah hard light light. yeah and um the but it was casting some great light onto the floor of the balcony however it there was no shade above them so I thought, okay, I'm just going to make garage lighting. 
and make some shade. So there was the the lighting bouncing off the floor of the balcony, the tiles or whatever they were. And so what I did, I won't name the hotel, uh, is I I went inside and I dismantled. <laughs> I took the artwork off the wall. Oh, my God, and you made it. <laughs> I took the artwork off the wall and um, and got it held over the the yes. person's head so Fantastic. that the garage lighting yes. could work. So because I had no lights with me or anything and yeah. I had a very untidy room and it turned out really well. Yeah, well done, Yay. Val. That's clever. I'm clapping myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you drink. Okay. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, so the next thing you want to do is uh, just basically make sure you're ready so like we talked about this last week in the podcast it's like raising your profile as an artist right right? you know another thing you want to do is it's not like um something that you want to kind of go half into it's it's like all in so make sure that you take care of all your paperwork so register Mm. your business get a tax file number yeah Especially if you're going to be dealing with big companies and yeah. the last thing you want to do is sending them a quote on, you know, dodgy uh, templates yeah. uh, that are that says like Dave and it's your personal, it's yeah. in your personal name and your personal, th- like set up a business name, be serious about doing it so that people treat you with the respect that you deserve. Yes, definitely. Okay, so tax file number, sort out your insurance, get your invoicing software, you know, spend a half day doing all of these things, getting a nice uh, template set up with your logo and, 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 you know, it doesn't have to cost a heap of money. Or nothing. Just, it costs you know, nothing just, sometimes. Just time, yep. you know, basically. So make sure that your invoices uh, look great with a logo and uh, you have business cards honestly business cards cost nothing these days and logos and all the information and a bio set up that says you know Dave is a headshot photographer based in blah 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 he specializes yeah well done look at us go yes (laughs) you see that's exactly right now (laughs) but I'd like to take a step back Gina can I just take a step back because I'm, I, I am not as confident with lighting as some people, um, uh, and and you know, despite all of your fantastic encouragement, and I do have lights definitely, but I need to do more with them. However, I just want to ask that if you are starting a headshot business, what would be your minimum? You know, it's definitely start off with natural light, daylight yep. at first. But then if you go to the next yep. step, what's the next purchase? If you're doing your first lighting purchase yes. for headshot photography. Okay, and this, again, can be really inexpensive. Mm. I would get a speed light. Okay. Uh, so the Yongnuo, I think they're up to the 600, uh, you know, is the, the number. So you can pick one of those up for about $80. Wow. Light. There are specials where you can get two for two hundred with a um, a transceiver, so that you can do um, flash off camera. And I would get a basic 
uh, modifier. Now, yes. the training wheel kind of modifier, and again, look through the archives. There are, uh, like, where I go through um, lighting, off-camera, um, off, uh, off-camera flash mm-hmm. and lighting and modifiers. But basically, I start off with something like an umbrella light, which is a good way yeah. to see light and learn light. So you might want to start with an umbrella as your diffuser. And then from there, I would quickly move to something like a uh, an octobox or something like yeah. that. So it's kind of a minimum invest- investment of a, a couple of hundred dollars. That's you pretty You can get good. yourself a stand, a light, and a single light, one light. One you light. can do it with one light. After you've mastered daylight, if you've mastered yes. daylight, what you're using crawl is on your bottom. Then crawl on yep. your bottom. You're using the daylight as a base, and then you're adding a dook of light okay. to lift it. And then from there, the more lights you use, the more um, uh, sort of production value your images get. So that is pre- that's pretty good. So you can get your Yong Nuo, you, yep. and with that you'd really need a stand yes. and a diffuser. So three yes. things. Yes. All right, so those three things. How important is it to have catch lights in in the eyes in your in a headshot? Very important. So that is the catch light in a portrait is what gives the portrait life. Just in you case there's people who unclear what yeah, I mean sure. about catch, catch lights. So the catch light is basically uh if you look at someone's eyes they're shiny <laughs> unless there's something wrong with them and they got very dry well there's eyes. a reflection there's a reflection <laughs> in the shiny. in the iris there's a reflection <laughs> in the iris of whatever light and that and that that light could be a window it could be a continuous light it could be um a, a speed light it could be just the sun or, or something it, it's 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 it's, it's reflected that. in the iris because it's uh the brightest light source that is generally behind you the photographer or yes. the artificial light that you're putting into the eyes if the eyes don't have a catch light it makes the eyes look dull and quite dark and it's almost like shark eyes it's like it's what gives that it's one of the things that gives your portrait life. So it's quite yep. important to have a catch light valve. And very important to be aware of because, to be honest, I I became aware of it because when because I take one million photographs of my cat, Rex, and in my previous apartment, it was just a, everywhere you looked, there was light. Yes. And no matter where you looked, he had catch light in his eyes. Yeah. And so he, I had lots of great shots of him yeah. just because he – was always in this beautiful light. Then I moved and there are only certain places in my current place where that happens. And suddenly I was like, have I suddenly become a really shit photographer? You need a silver reflector for Rexy. Yes, I need to. Have a silver reflector. Yes, because I've got one um, in the office. I need to just buy another one for home. Yeah, a little five in one. Exactly. And have that. And that'll make his eyes look amazing. Amazing. Because for a while there, I was actually thinking it, so it was like accidental initially yes and now I'm realizing I'm now really actually manufacture it yes you have to manufacture it yeah. so a little catch light or you could get a little portable light that you could turn on yes you could do like a whole like beauty light for five lights set up for X okay maybe not because then I will never photograph him I think that the silver <laughs> reflector yeah exactly he's 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 a bit like that um, but admittedly he's quite a poser he's had two animal agents call him because they love 
him, but unfortunately he doesn't like people. Anyway, please no, go on. No, he doesn't sorry at all. He doesn't like people <laughs> at all. Except for me. He's not very, like, you know, no. there's a big disconnect. Yeah. My cats mm. like people. I know. But My seriously. cats are bogans. Yours are so pedigree. <laughs> I've got bogan cats. But they're very sociable. Did you know, you know the movie Babe? Your are a bit up themselves. You know? Listen, yes. Babe, yeah, as in like yeah. the... Like that like, agent wants your cat. Yeah, the agent. The, the one that the animal the agent pig. for a babe. He, they want... They want the, they, she contacted Rex. You're kidding. No. And, like, are we signing a deal or... We wanted to sign a deal yeah. and she, he got um the call out. What, yeah. what are they called? You know, the the things for auditions. Yeah. Um, But... It said it required him to like, sit on someone's lap, and I just knew he that. wouldn't. He would so. scratch the um, yeah, yeah. Because I've tried. And yeah. I get along <laughs> with most people and animals. Like you know, I like nothing. Yeah, he gave me nothing. And Rocky, I got a and, little bit. And also the agent for um, uh, oh, I can't remember. But another animal agent contacted Rex because, like, seriously, he could he just got offers, um, but unfortunately he won't. But he won't play ball. Yeah. Well, that's your job as stage mother, Valerie, to know. just get him happy. So should we yeah, like, sorry. go back to... Sorry, uh, it's a champagne. Sorry, sorry, everyone. Yeah, I know. Yes. It's like I told you. Did we warn you? We probably didn't. Sorry. I hope you were... Wanting, What's yeah. next in how to start headshot business? So once you've done all of that, you yes. want to put yourself out there like you've yes. got the gear you've um got your business cards you've got everything how do you how do you actually build the business how do you get people to find you so well i would say yes. listen to episode 163 <laughs> <laughs> that's a start so go back to last week's episode and have a listen to that so building your profile from zero where valerie uh shared all her favorite uh hacks for doing that, that which is great a great start the other thing you can do what you want to do as a headshot photographer is build your folio. Yes, yes. And it's easy to say, all right, well, I can't build my folio because I can't find models to photograph. Yeah. But, like, basically, they're everywhere. So I would start warm rather than cold. Yes. And so the warmest people, hopefully... <laughs> that you can photograph are your family because they're around you all the time and um although if you have teenage children probably not so much because <laughs> they don't really like being photographed yeah but like just asking family and friends even hey um i'm wanting i just want to practice my uh headshot photography can i take your photo and it'd be really good if like some like you see uh really famous photographers over the ages who, who have like a muse like an artist as well so there's one person that they paint or photograph yeah. all the time and also a lot of artists actually do selfies so photographers have been doing selfies for centuries yeah right and artists have been doing selfies for ages so you can practice your lighting on yourself if you're sort of wanting to start from zero then i recommend that you get yourself a um styrofoam head 
from like Wayne or Kate. Yeah, Wayne or Kate mm. from Spotlight or the equivalent of Spotlight in mm. uh, America, in North America, which like is, maybe we don't Home Depot. Oh, I don't really or know. Like that, where I warn you, the women there, and I <laughs> do not have a lot of attitude, and I'm serious. I don't like them because they Gina. make me feel like Shh, I'm don't. not intelligent. Gina, they don't. Really do. They make don't. you feel like you don't. And everyone I'm not that I've this. seen in there, Gina, say that like. Yeah, it's true. It's scary. They're it scary, scary women. They're scary. Okay, let's They're move on. They're scary. Okay, so um, get yourself a styrofoam head and then in like in what's really good about that is you can really take your time and play with light. So you put, put that head on a light stand and practice in daylight, in open shade, in full sun, using a diffuser, using a reflector, trying to use garage lighting and then bringing in your single light, speed light, maybe adding another light and really getting it right and nailing that and then once you bring a real person in, it, it, it's a game changer because yeah. it's like it, it, the, the pressure's on then because you've got a real person that you have to relate to, but at least you kind of have the technical side down. And then you're working on another level because you're working on trying to get the expression right and, uh, you know, connection and all of that. So I would start with warmth. Family, friends, extend to that, make the offer to uh, friends of friends, mm, yeah. colleagues, and everyone, and start uh, photographing, posting, and sharing those images. I would like to add to that is um, find the influencer in your particular target market. So, um, for example, uh, you I bet an accountant the other day and he decided he wanted to specialize in dentists of all things. What? The accountant wanted to be a uh, accountant to dentists. Dentist. Wow. Yes. What? what? I, I know. What? I don't what? I, anyway. Yeah. So he found his niche, but that's yeah. a really cool way to to niching. Yeah. But all he needs he needs to find the influencer or he has already oh, yeah. found the, the alpha, influencer. The alpha dentist. The alpha dentist. And and uh that's right. Ten bucks the alpha dentist drives a BMW. Well I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has found the alpha dentist yeah. and because the alpha dentist says oh so and so does my, my books. dentist is an alpha dentist. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. He's got, that, he's got that alpha dentist uh kind of thing about him. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah, that's right. So maybe he would find your dentist. Yeah. And as a result of that, he gets so many word of mouth referrals. So, for example, if you decide you want to do headshots for accountants or headshots for stylists or headshots yeah. for whatever, find the alpha yeah. in that space yeah. or the influencer in that space. Influencer. Yeah in that space and if you then um you know work out some kind of deal maybe you give them a a special deal you give them some bonuses or whatever or suggest that um you can um give them extra if they acknowledge 
the fact that you've taken their photos a bit on of social a shout media. out and a tag exactly or simply a testimonial yeah then that can be worth it so i suggest finding the influencer in your particular space and making sure that they agree that you are um, okay to to um, feature them on your on your website or their testimonial or whatever yeah. and that to me is a fast track to um, getting more people in in your space so find the alpha dentist absolutely right? yes. find the alpha Great dentist advice Val so sorry that wasn't me farting or anything <laughs> I'm sitting on a table a class cool I went to a bogey school and I have never used that word but Valerie twice you know I reckon the last four podcasts has used that word and I'm like you know I wouldn't but I went to a bogey school as if I've got bogey cats Jenny <laughs> you do other things but I am I am, I am sitting on a table and the glass top I think a fancy school but anyway <laughs> anyway yes go yes. on alright what's next uh, so find the alpha dentist uh, another thing you can do to target your clients is uh, think about uh, clubs and networks that you might like to join. <laughs> I um yes, this is uh, not a good idea, Valerie. Always <laughs> um, clubs and organisations that you can uh, join or be a part of yep. where you can target clients. So yes, um, industry events. Uh, so again, so we going back to say you want to be the preferred headshot photographer of dentists yes and you would hope that they would that they would all have perfect teeth for <laughs> <laughs> dentist, right? They have yes. good teeth because they do themselves, right? They yes. have all the veneers, you know, but not the – there's two kinds of veneers. You can get really good ones. Okay. And you can get ones that are like um, it, like fake nails. Okay. They don't look real. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, so yes. there's good dentists and bad dentists, right? Yes. So um, what was my point? I think your point was – Go to, for example, conferences for dentists, and all you do is hang out in the lobby. Mm. That is my suggestion. So, so you don't go in? You don't even just have to go, go in, and hang out in the lobby. Just hang out and, like, try and... Um, I call it the lobby conference. Lobby conference. So, mm. you know, Val, what else? Yeah, uh, well, definitely. Chat on that for a minute. What, what do you do in the lobby? Well, for example, um, I know people who all they do is they do lobby conferences, and so they will just hang out in the lobby of, you know, the Western or the High or whatever it is, and they will just chat to people. Hey, who, y'all, my name's Dave. I'm yeah, a photographer. I specialise in dentists. And are you at the conference? Do you? What do you say when they say, what are you doing at the conference? Uh, no, no, but I'm a lot of my out. mates are here, so yeah, I decided to yeah, come yeah. and hang out. But it's, yeah. it's a thing. People do actually do lobby conferences these days. So I've heard that from a lot of entrepreneurs who got their break, and it's a good way so look there is a bit of a hustling involved here 
and there is a bit of uh, stepping, I'm just out of, some all. stepping out of your comfort zone. But if you're prepared to go to these links, and we're not saying that you need they're to They're not even links. I wouldn't even call them links. Because the, the te- a lot of these conferences to attend, the bottle's gone, Val. I know, bottle. we have to order another right, bottle. Right, that's um, two. So, um, mm, to you don't have to spend the money. You just need to go to the lob, lobby. Lob up to the lobby and I've met people who that's all they do. They go network. to the lobby. And there is a real skill to networking and getting know, to know people. It's not like you're handing out your um, business card and saying, "Hey, call me." But it's just enough to go along, chat to people, be genuinely and authentically interested yes. in what they're doing. Yes. Not pushing yourself on them and just saying, "Hey," and just can and. Be in it for the long haul as yeah. well. Be prepared to um, make relationships with people just because it's a good thing to do. It's a yes. nice thing to do. So here's an example. So um, last week I int- attended um, an uh, an art event because as regular <laughs> regular listeners will know that I have ex- entered the world of, you know, <laughs> painting and stuff. Mm. So I went to this thing called Sydney Contemporary and I don't have the guts yet to approach, you know, the big name galleries because I, I've literally only just started and um, I don't have the guts to do that. However, however, what I did do was go to the exhibits that weren't quite as daunting for me and I made sure I had conversations with all of them and I made sure I didn't in any way shape or form offer you know hey do you want to see my paintings or anything but I just started the conversation and it almost like it was like a lobby conference in a sense except I, I did pay to go I'm not lying now do you want to come and see my paintings <laughs> Oh, this is my paintings. paintings. <laughs> I should give that a go. Try that, Val. Yeah, hey, right. Yeah, because I've used that. Do you want to come and see my dark room? And what ha- has happened? Yeah, it worked. Yeah, did you did yeah, you go? Yeah. To the, did they go to the dark yeah, room? And then what happened yeah, once you were it. in the dark it room? Good. It was all good. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find out, listeners. I'll find out. All right, so I've completely lost my train of thought. But, yeah, I basically – Industry event. Yeah, industry event, and I just started the conversation. I didn't do the hard sell or anything, It was, but it was I, I made sure I identified the decision maker in each of these um, booths that I, I, you know, went to, and I made sure that I had a useful conversation, never even mentioning my art, but um, talking to them about just the art world so that I can – Subsequently, um, contact them just about you know other things, and then somewhere down the track, I will mention my art. So yeah, I'm, I think industry conferences yep. are, can be useful. Yeah. All right. So that's What's getting next? yourself out there, hustling. So uh, the next thing you know, I want to talk about is pricing. So there are a couple of formulas when it comes to photographing headshots mm. that we can talk about here. So um, it is a very competitive industry, but... But not necessarily if you pick the right niche. Right. And uh, there are a lot of photographers out there but there aren't a lot that are doing it well yes so that's 100 percent true remember and guess what when i was coming in all that time ago i had the same people trying to discourage me but like do you know how competitive this industry is right don't listen 
So basically, there are a couple of different pricing structures and um, there are a lot of things you can do on Facebook as well and using social media and I will be investigating this further in uh, some interviews that I'll do uh, for the podcast in depth mm. down the track as well. But just to uh, just for, for this uh, podcast today, uh, the two different types of pricing structures are you can have the low base model versus the fixed price. Now, as a commercial photographer, Val, with my headshots, I have always gone with the fixed price. What does that mean exactly? To um, hire me to do a headshot or any shoot, and this is how I've always priced myself, is that basically... I am commissioned to do a shoot and I will say that it is X number of hours, it is X number of shots that I will do for you and it is X number of files that I will deliver and uh, this is the amount of retouching and this is what you'll get. So it is a complete package that you pay and it includes my um, creative um, yeah, because you decide on the styling and, and the stuff styling like that. Yeah, and everything. For sure. So it is. It is often, um, and and what's interesting is often that if uh, a client is shopping around and they will ask me for my price, and they will also ask another photographer who uses a different style of pricing for their price. They're going to say. Oh my God, you're fifty times dearer <laughs> than the other photographer, yes. and I'm like, okay, what you need to what you need to differentiate is what you're getting with me compared to what you're getting with the other yep. photographer. Now, the other method of pricing is, which is very common in the portrait industry and the headshot industry is, yeah. is you offer a low base So model. what does that mean? So it's a sitting fee. So what you're saying is as a photographer to hire me to take your headshot, there is a minimum fee, a minimum spend that yeah. I need. So it might be $50 to hire this particular headshot photographer yeah. to take the headshot. Yeah. And... What the client gets for that $50 is basically the the shoot, but they don't get any the of the files. Yes, yes, They yes. don't get any of the – they don't even get the proofs. They get to look at the proofs. They don't even get to have the proofs in their hand. And, the, and I've actually – Tested this other method. Method. Yes. I've tried it out, and yes. it's it's, it's it's quite interesting. So basically, so the low base model um, means that you might have like a, a fifty dollars sitting fee, or a hundred dollar, or three hundred dollars sitting fee, and then the you do the shoot. And the way the low base model works really well is when you're shooting, you won't just do one look. You'll do five. Yes. You can. You'll yes. do as many looks as you can yes. in an hour or yes. in a shorter period of time. And then you show the client the photos and you charge them a high fee per image. Per image, yes, I understand. So, so hopefully 
you'll come away from a, 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 a sitting with, a, you know, a, a profit of like you might make $2,000 from that sitting or $2,500. Yes, yes. The other way with the fixed price is you might charge them $3,000 up front. Yes. But they're going to get those five looks up front. Yes. Guaranteed. Yes. So that's the difference. Yeah. Okay, so you need to work out which kind of uh, pricing okay. structure you're going to use. So what are the pros and cons of each? Like what would you uh, – well, obviously you do the fixed so price. So what suits different kinds okay. of photographers? Are you – I think if you use the low base model, which mm. is a, a low entry point like a, you know, a $50 or some some photographers say there is no cost. Yes, I understand. The, no they just fee. You just pay for the shoot. shoot, yeah. And uh, if you feel you're a great salesperson or you can hire, like a lot of photographers will do the shoot and then they hire a good salesperson to come in straight after them and do the whole sales pitch. So what yes. you'll do is you'll do the shoot, you'll send the photos out, you'll get them retouched briefly to yes. look amazing and then you give them to a, um, a salesperson who then does this big sell like imagine this is a you know 1620 yes. on your wall and you know they could make you three four thousand dollars if it's a if it's a good shoot sure if you can't sell and you're going oh, right I understand you don't have any money right so it boils down to, to your anything. ability to so sell your ability to sell it's really important so I think that's why the fixed price um, is you guarantee the income if you're an established photographer I think the fixed price is a way to go yeah I think in this industry um, it's it's going to be tougher as an emerging photographer to have the fixed price but it's not something that's not doable I think it, it can be done if you um, position yourself in the right way. Yeah. If you've got amazing photos and you can promote yourself in the right way, people are going to clamour to want what you do because it's so different to what everyone else is doing. Yeah, So there are pros and cons to to both sides. Like you've got a guaranteed income at the fixed price, low base model, you're going to get some, you're going to get some big wins. You're also going to get some clients that will not order anything in Yes. You know, I think cost. the thing with you, for example, is that if you did, say, five shots in a shoot, there all five shots are going to be amazing and that's why it people it makes sense for people to buy into your you know fixed price scenario yes. as well yeah um because they consider that value for money because they yeah. already know that the they're all going to be amazing yeah. so um yeah i guess it also depends on your confidence level yes. in a sense to sell yourself yes and, uh, yeah so i mean look I did an experiment um, this year, actually, earlier oh. this year, where I tried uh, the uh, low base model. And? And did uh, you tell? I actually did really well out of it. <laughs> so. Um, because, that's because all of your shots would have been amazing. I and they would have picked. They would have picked all of them. They would have picked all of them. Yes, and that's I right. Put a premium on each shot, and I just said, okay, it would have been what it's going to cost you. And a, I expect a money shot in each of them. Like two shots, yeah. she ordered like eight. And yeah, went, that's because oh, there would have been a, a money shot in each of them. Yeah, so Am I allowed to say really that? interesting. What? Is that money rude? Shot? Money shot? Yeah. No, I don't think money okay. shots are rude. I, I don't think, think so. Is it's it? Rude. Is it? Yeah. What? It, no. no. <laughs> but I think it might. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, let's move on to whatever's next. <laughs> the, that's the money shot. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm indicating to Gina where the money shot is. <laughs> um, went to a very nice girls' school. Have you ever heard me refer to that? No, you don't. I never do. I went to a bogan school. Bogan. Bogan. Um, so still, what's the American word for bogan? I'm a redneck. Mm, we Is might it, be. I don't know. Hey, I, I don't know if we're saying the right thing. But anyway, it doesn't matter. In they case we can work it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our yeah. listeners like uh, are totally are, are, are all over this. They know. Trailer what park. Is. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am trailer trash. <laughs> but I can buy good champagne. She can. It's yes. pretty good. Like so, so. It's good. It's good drop. You know. Oh yeah, it's good. Mm. Oops. So, um, oh, my God, for everyone who is excited to listen to this oh podcast, it's just like a train wreck. All right, keep going. Let's uh, move on. Uh, on. Styles. So I think this uh, next bit of advice I think is really important. If you are going to put yourself out there as a headshot photographer, I think it's really important that you understand what your oh. model is going through when they're having their headshot taken. 100%. And you would be amazed how many photographers have never been photographed. Yep. And yep. when they are, they go, oh, my God, I didn't realize it was this yep. scary an experience because it is. So develop yep. empathy. If you want to be a great portrait photographer, you need to be able to put yourself in the shoes of the people that you're photographing and know what it feels like to be them. Mm. So go out and get a headshot taken. Be photographed. And understand what it's like to be photographed by A, someone who knows how to direct, yeah. and B, what it's like to be photographed by someone who doesn't know how to direct. And it's actually a really good exercise and you can find those photographers who maybe have that uh, low entry model where it's no sitting fee. Yep. So maybe go out and go work with a couple and have a look at how yeah. um, the selling works, how you feel when you're aggressively sold to other, and, you know, and how that feels when a good, like when you work with a good salesman, it's not pushy. They're, they're, they're encouraging you to buy, but it's like you've already made the decision. If you love the work, you would move heaven and earth to be able to buy those photos, to have them because, like, you love them and you want yeah. them, you know. So um, I think that is such a valuable exercise. You learn so much. But, for actually, for any photographer to go and be photographed, be, be photographed. By someone else. yeah. Just you, like every doctor needs to be a patient, and every nurse <laughs> needs to be a patient to understand what it feels like. You know, it's yeah. just have an empathy. It is an incredibly useful experience to be photographed by other photographers. And I have to say, and I blame you, Gina, that I'm wrecked by the experience because anyone who ever photographs me, I kind of go, that's not how you do it. That's, that's not what Gina would do. No. But, you know, we do live in different states. We do live in different states. We do live in different states. But sometimes it's not my you, choice no, when I, other people like, photograph me. Okay. Anyway, anyway, so I kind of, that's not how Gina would like me. But anyway, um, let's let's go on. What's next? 
So understand, we're taking a bit long on this episode. Um, are we, Gina? How yeah, long are we going? So we keep long. going. All right. Keep. So make sure that you nail your daylight. Um, yes. Know, understand how to connect with your model. Lots of uh, podcast episodes yep. on connection. Yep. Set yourself apart from the other photographers who are just going to shoot and burn, which is they do the shoot, they um, spit the spit the files out the other end, and they just supply them on a CD, yep. not numbered, not edited, not even color, color balance. You want to know basic editing. That is like that alone is going to set you apart from the other photographers. Believe me. And on that point, this the basic editing. Absolutely. Number one, if you're in the gold community, upload your photos for the critiques from Gina because they're so valuable. The feedback is so valuable. And make sure you access the tutorials where Gina goes through um, what she does on Lightroom and what she does in post so that the, the, the photographs just become magical because that just can make all the difference. So if you're in the gold community, make sure you make make the most of what's in there. Yeah, they're they're uploading their raws too, Val. Yeah, and then I'm editing yep. their files it's, from scratch. It's so, so that they interesting. See, yeah, um, what's going on? So I love understand it. that. Uh, really important headshots is all about speed. So giving good headshot, you've got to be fast. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I knew I'd throw that in, but, like, you know, you want to be fast. This is the podcast where you learn how to give good headshots. Good headshot. Um, very important to get ahead in this industry, know how to give a good headshot. So um, you want to be fast, fast. So but not know too how fast. To, no, no. no. <laughs> Understand your location so you can walk into any location and know, okay, this is going to be, even though it looks to the naked eye, not fantastic, I know that at f2.8, yeah. this background yeah. is going to be amazing. I know that that window light is going to give fantastic catch lights. That all comes with practice, but being able to see the light and um, know where to work is, like, crucial. So today, um, Beck, who is our junior in my office, but has, because she works in my office, she has watched, she has um, done all of your courses (laughs) (laughs) and done all of, you know, she's learnt just by osmosis, really, photography. We had to do a quick video and she just understood the locations. Do you know what I mean? Just as a result of um, uh, doing all your courses by, because she has to, um, she's just become this you know, That's cool awesome. for photographers. Awesome. It, it is awesome. It's, so cool. it's really awesome. So, no, no, and I, I look at her shots and I just go, "Oh my god, <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's so great!" great. That's <laughs> um, so, so nail that. Know how to. Um, uh, work on that, understand yeah. your locations and practice. So whenever you go into any new location, yeah. where would I shoot someone here? What would my background be? Yeah. Where's the good light here? Scope them out and make that a practice and then do that as a daily or a weekly practice. Going to grab your, either your styrofoam head on a stick or your you know best friend, son, daughter, wife, husband, yep. whatever, brother, sister, mother, daughter, whatever, set them up in a location and practice, practice, practice. And when you get really good and you get really fast, you've got yourself 
a head shop business. And even if you don't have a, a Wayne or a Kate, like a styrofoam head or a best friend, brother, mother, whatever, whenever you go to a new location, I so highly recommend that you look at the light and exactly what Gina says so that it becomes like a second nature to you. Work out what's the best light in this situation because someone will be sitting. Yes. There. Yeah, even there are lights, but look into their eyes and look at the catch yeah. lights. What's reflected in their eyes? What do you see? And it's like, I honestly, I cannot have a conversation with someone without, without looking at the yeah. catch lights. So um, that's, I think that's, we could go bang on and on Val but we like you bang know, on but, but we need to order tomorrow. another bottle yeah, and I'm hungry yeah hungry. hungry okay so thank you so much for listening everyone where do we find you online Gina so ginamilitia.com g-i-n-a-m-i-l-i-c-i-a at ginamilitia on Twitter on Instagram on Pinterest you can find me uh, in YouTube where uh, Lightroom and Photoshop tutorials I'm also hanging out in the podcast uh, community and also I'm in the goal community every day as well. And if you want to find the podcast community, just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and request to join. We'd love to have you in there. And uh, you can find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on um, Twitter and Instagram and in the podcast community on Facebook as well. And I think, Gina, that we, you know, I don't know why we didn't think of this earlier, that we should have actually taken headshots of ourselves because we've both had blow dries. So, you know. blow job too. What? What job? <laughs> we both had one. Yeah, yeah. And but we, not, not you know, now because yeah. it's like my eyes are. Not me too. Okay. All right, anyone. Thanks. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.